20 ways to make money on Amazon. What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show. It's the entrepreneurship podcast. You can actually apply. Now, Amazon, love them or hate them, it's at the center of a lot of side hustles these days. What was once a humble online bookstore has grown into the fourth most popular website in the country by traffic and has branched out into dozens of different businesses. Now, what that means for entrepreneurs, side hustlers, and everyone else looking to earn some extra cash is that Amazon probably has an option for you. In fact, I've got several Amazon-related income streams myself. I will share those today and a lot more ways to tap into the huge audience of buyers on Amazon in this episode. Now, before we get into that, I do want to invite you to score your own personalized side hustle show playlist. All you got to do is go to hustle.show, answer a few short multiple choice questions, and I'll build you a custom curated playlist of the episodes that are going to be most relevant and impactful for you and your business. That way you can add them to your device, you can learn what works, and you can go forth and make some more money. Again, that's at hustle.show. Almost 2,000 listeners have already gone through the quiz there, and I'd love for you to be next. Now let's dive in and explore some of the many ways to make money on Amazon. Ready? Let's do it. First up is retail arbitrage. This is a classic buy low, sell high business model. How it works is you find products at deep discounts locally and you resell them on Amazon for a profit. And if you want, Amazon will even handle the shipping for you if you opt into their fulfillment by Amazon program. Send it into their warehouse, it gets listed on the site, and they ship it out on your behalf. To get started with retail arbitrage, you're going to have to have three things. The first is an Amazon seller account. They still have, I believe they still have a free personal account level that uh, lets you get started because the professional account level, I think, is 40 bucks a month, but it comes with reduced fees. So once you're selling a decent amount of volume, you upgrade to the professional level, but the free personal account level lets you kind of test the waters, dabble a little bit, see if it's something that you like doing. That's the first thing. The second thing you're going to want is the Amazon Seller app. It's available on iOS and Android devices for free. And then the third thing is you need a few dollars to go out and buy your initial inventory. When I was doing this, I think I gave myself an initial budget of $100 or $200 just to see what's going to happen when I send this stuff in. So the next time you're out shopping, uh, what you do is you stop by the clearance section of whatever store you're at and you start scanning some barcodes because that Amazon seller app is going to tell you what the item is going for on Amazon and how much you would make after Amazon fees for selling it. Then you can look at the price tag in front of you and see if it's a worthwhile purchase. Here's how longtime Amazon seller Ryan Grant explained it. So the two main components that I'm going to be looking at are something known as the sales rank and the return on investment. So the sales rank is an indication of how well the item is selling on Amazon. It's going to be a number that Amazon has for each category. So the toys category has a sales rank, the electronics category has a sales rank, and each different category has its own sales rank. With sales rank, the lower the number, the better. So a sales rank of one is, in theory, the item that is sold most recently, and that's usually an indication that it's one of the best-selling items on Amazon. So key point, though, is lower the number, the better. So what I'm looking for, generally speaking, especially for someone who's just getting started, is a sales rank less than 250000 in any category. And then the other component is the return on investment component. So return on investment is basically just your profit divided by how much money it took you to make that profit. So after all fees and expenses, you make $5 in profit on an item, and it costs you $10 to purchase that item your return on investment is 50%. And just to be clear, the $5 in profit is calculated after you're factoring in the amount you paid for the item. So it's not like you're trading $10 for five, you're basically trading 10 for 15. Five is your profit on that $10 initial investment. So in that example, the $5 profit on a $10 investment is a 50% ROI. And that's the exact ROI that I'm looking for on the low end. So to kind of say that a little bit more succinctly, I'm looking for a sales rank less than 250000 and a return on investment greater than 50%. I tested this side hustle myself and earned a little over 650 bucks in my spare time. But probably the, the two biggest benefits of doing it were, number one, proving that it was real for whatever reason. I had a hard time grasping that there could be 
these kinds of pricing inefficiencies in big retail stores in the era of big data. So that was just eye-opening to me, like, oh, this is this actually works. And second, it turned running errands into this fun little treasure hunt. Like, okay, I'm going to, well, number one, I'm going to turn it into a business trip. And number two, hey, maybe I can offset the costs of whatever I'm buying because I found some profitable items to flip. So that was a fun side hustle for me. It's been a few years since I've done it, but still very much a viable option for people uh, getting started, low overhead, low risk to uh, to go test that out. Number two is related, um, and that's it, and that's online arbitrage. So it works similarly, except instead of sourcing your inventory from local stores, you now buy it online. And the question that I had is, well, why would one website sell a product for a dramatically lower price than on Amazon to leave you enough margin to buy it, ship it, and have still have profit left over even after all their fees? Hard to say, but it happens. And so if you've got a keen eye for deals, you can source profitable inventory. Plus, you can probably find more uh, more quantity of a profitable item than you could in your local store. Now, you've probably got better things to do than just scour the ends of the internet comparing prices on random products. And so you might be thinking, hey, this is probably a job that a robot could do. And if you're thinking that, you would be right because there are a couple of software tools to help find these deals. And I believe both of them offer free trials to test out. I spoke with uh, Jessica LaRue, longtime Amazon seller. She mentioned Source Mogul uh, as one of her software tools of choice. And then another online arbitrage seller, Chris Grant, recommended Tactical Arbitrage. Tactical Arbitrage, at least at the time of that recording, seemed to have more advanced features. But Jessica was like, hey, you know, I like the clean, easy-to-use interface of Source Mogul. So a couple options for you there. Now, when we spoke, Chris was making $70,000 in sales a month aiming for a 20 to 30% profit margin. And that's somewhat common where you're going to accept a lower ROI for these online arbitrage deals because you're getting them theoretically or hopefully in greater quantities. But here's how Chris recommended new sellers get started. For new sellers, I think home and kitchen is a good category. I think that things like sheets and dinner plates and all kinds of things there. Patio, lawn, and garden can be good. And then there are going to be some categories that are not difficult to get ungated in or be allowed to sell in that can also do well if someone's willing to take just a little extra time and put the work in, like automotive or the tools category. Those can be excellent categories that people actually don't often spend a lot of time selling in because they don't necessarily think there's money there, but there is. What do you need to do to get ungated? I remember when I was doing the you know retail arbitrage and Home Depot was one of my frequent stops. At that time, you didn't need to be ungated in tools, but today you do. So what would be the process to open that category up to you? It depends on the category. So for automotive, for example, all you have to do is show that you have some sort of storefront and your own Amazon storefront actually does the trick. And then I think they require some UPC codes or, you know, a file or something like that. It's very, very simple. For most other categories, you need to take the time to actually get items from a wholesale source or a distributor in units of 10. So if I wanted to sell in grocery, for example, I would need to buy 10 units of a salt shaker, maybe, and then show Amazon that I purchased it from a legitimate distributor, and then I should be ungated in that category. And most categories are pretty much the same in that you got to get the wholesalers. Okay, interesting. So even if you don't necessarily have any desire to go big onto the salt shaker distribution plan, you could use that as a foray into other sourcing methods. Like you can, then you can go source on other sites or other stores. Absolutely. Okay. You still doing much like in-store shopping, retail clearance arbitrage stuff, or is it all online these days? At times we have an employee who will go and do retail arbitrage for us. But personally, our time is better spent behind a computer and working with our virtual assistant and things like software, which make online arbitrage sourcing much easier and faster and more profitable. Really, you get a better return on your time invested rather than spending a couple hours in the actual store. That clip is from episode 459, if you want to go back and check out the full interview there. 
Amazon income stream number three is Amazon Associates. This has been a slow and steady income stream for me over the years. This is Amazon's affiliate marketing programs, one of the oldest and largest affiliate marketing programs in the world. Historically, it's usually between 100 and 200 bucks a month. So it's not huge, but it's also not nothing. And if you got a website or a blog, you how it works is you make money referring readers to Amazon for products that you talk about. Your Amazon commission rate is going to range from usually 1% to 10%, probably on the lower side of that, uh, depending on what you sell. But it can definitely add up to a significant amount. And uh, the best part of the Amazon Associates program isn't the commission rate, though. It's actually kind of low compared to a lot of other affiliate programs. But the best part is the high conversion rate. Like Traffic on Amazon just converts really well because of the trust that the company has built up over the last 25 plus years. And it's that you'll earn a commission on everything somebody buys after they click your link, which, you know, is sub- that's the uh, one of the speculations about the pro. Well, maybe they'll get rid of that as they continue hacking away at the affiliate program. But as it stands today, it is uh, still something that exists where you earn on the whole cart, not just what somebody clicked on uh, through your site. And, and because of that, I've earned some commission on some pretty random stuff over the years. And just as an example, in the last 30 days, I see commissions on toasted wheat cereal and organic Spanish-style rice. Definitely not items that are linked anywhere on the Side Hustle Nation blog, but items that got added to somebody's cart after they clicked one of my links. Now, a cool example of an Amazon affiliate site is Andrew Fiebert's Gift Lab, where he and his team curate gift ideas for very specific occasions and recipient personas. It's an example of super helpful website, help people, you know, come up with gift ideas for the people on their shopping list and earns commissions from Amazon for those product recommendations. Here's how he thinks about which articles to create. Our thesis is to avoid competition at all costs, which is why we have opossum gifts and dolphin lover gifts and stuff like that. We're going to take the time to write this article that nobody else has. (laughs) And hopefully no one will. And and nobody ever will because it's so random. Okay. So the keyword difficulty is the primary metric. Is there there a minimum search? Like how many people are looking for gifts for dolphin lovers? So in the beginning, we would not do anything that was less than a thousand volume or anything higher than 10 keyword difficulty. And then as we built, we realized that, uh, you know, we'd be ranking, say, and I don't know the number specifically for dolphin lovers, but maybe it gets like five, 6,000 visits a month on a 1,000 a month term. And we realized like the long tail is actually so much bigger than the head term. And so many, there were so many more keywords in search console than even appeared in Ahrefs. Yeah. And so we kind of looked downward because, uh, you know, to like say 300 volume. As we built the site, we learned that if it was very specific, like dolphin lovers, or if it had a number in it with for an age, like 13 year old boys, six year old girls, the conversion rates were just insane. And so we would eat almost any volume in those realms, given low you know, difficulty. You can learn more about Andrew's business and both of us geeking out on SEO in episode 537, the $1.2 million affiliate site. And if you don't have a website of your own yet, my free video series will help you start one quickly and affordably. That's at sidehustlewebsite.com. Amazon income stream number four is Amazon Merch On Demand. This is a cool way to make extra money without any physical inventory. How it works is you upload your designs and Amazon does the rest. They print and ship the items to customers on your behalf. And even though print-on-demand services like this have been around since like the late 90s, I think, you know, Cafe Press was one of the pioneers in this space, but they've never had the reach or the built-in customer space of Amazon. You can make t-shirts, you can make uh, long sleeves, sweatshirts, hoodies, pop sockets, lots of different products. I met with Elaine Haney of Ireland, who, when we connected, had sold over $125,000 worth of shirts in her first full year as a merch seller, part-time merch seller. And of that, 50 grand was profit. Now, to be fair, she did go all in and created thousands of designs, very much a volume game here. And there's an 80-20 to, you know, what is actually going to sell? But she described her work falling into three main categories to think about if you're getting started with print on demand. The first was evergreen topics. Think of, you know, professionals, job roles, 
you know, family roles, sports, hobbies, stuff like that. It was always going to be people searching for that type of stuff. The second category was trending topics, like current events and uh, topics from the news. And the third was seasonal topics or seasonal niches, like Valentine's Day, Christmas, Halloween, Father's Day, stuff like that. Now, after that conversation with Elaine, my wife and I were like, hey, shoot, we ought to give this a shot. So um, over that time, we've made over $4,000 very part-time from the Merch On Demand program before we kind of unceremoniously got uh, booted for some unknown policy violation. That's, that's always a risk in playing with somebody else's sand, in somebody else's sandboxes. Yeah, you know, you might run afoul of their rules at some time, which I guess we did, you know, appeal denied or no appeal granted. I don't know. So now we're selling merch uh, or print on demand through a couple other platforms. And that's, that's it's all well and good. It's fine because it was never a huge part of the monthly income. But we did play around with designs in all three of those categories for evergreen topics. We made t-shirts for parents, for entrepreneurs, for yoga lovers, for the trending topics. One of our best sellers was related to uh, an eclipse that was happening. Like it was big news. This eclipse is coming. People were buying shirts about it. It was a great month. And then for the seasonal ones, we did designs for Mother's Day, for Halloween, and stuff like that, and those did well. And I want to be upfront. I'll use the use the term designs pretty loosely because almost all of the quote unquote designs were just one hundred percent text based. We would build them in Canva, we'd build them in PowerPoint, and that's the cool thing about it. You know, you don't have to overthink it, and it makes any trip to anywhere people are gathering, like we go to the farmer's market and like just read other people's shirts. You're like, dang, somebody's wearing, just it really starts to get the creative juices flowing on like what you might be able to put on a shirt. So I think that's really cool. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes, T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A. A-N-D-S.com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over 3.5 million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, so that was number four, Amazon Merch On Demand. Amazon income stream number five is the Amazon Influencer Program. This is one of the newest ways to make money on Amazon. This is an offshoot of the Associates Program designed for content creators with some level of following on social media. They don't really say what level of, you know, how many followers they really want you to have. You do have to punch in your Instagram, your TikTok, your YouTube during the application process, but it's unclear, you know, how big of a following you really have to have. And so how it works is once your account is approved, you'll be able to upload short product review videos. In turn, Amazon displays those on relevant product pages and then rewards you a commission if somebody buys the thing after watching your video. 
Now, at the time of this recording, I'm at $164 over the last 30 days with something, you know, like 20-ish videos uploaded, maybe 25. Definitely motivating to go try and record a few more and see where this thing goes. We did an episode with a couple members of the Side Hustle Nation community who'd been doing the Amazon influencer thing a bit longer than me. They were both in the $2,000 a month range, still very part-time, which I think is really cool. That is episode 562. Definitely worthwhile to go check that out, especially if you do have some level of uh, Instagram or some level of social following. Because as I talked about in my uh, you know, income streams episode, this is probably the easiest money that I've ever made online, just from time of uploading the video, doing no additional marketing, and then seeing the commissions in the report. All right, way to make money on Amazon number six is Amazon Handmade. Now, after seeing the success of Etsy, Amazon, of course, has to get a piece of the pie in the uh, quote-unquote handcrafted goods market. Their entry is called Amazon Handmade, and it is by application only. It's open to artisans who make uh, you know, artwork, baby products, clothing, home products, jewelry, um, really a wide variety of categories, but just you know, by application only to see if that's going to be a, a fit. You, know, you still get to set your own prices. You control the branding and messaging on your sales pages. You can either fulfill the orders yourself or you can take advantage of Amazon's FBA program, Fulfillment by Amazon. Amazon takes a 15% cut of every sale, which is uh, noticeably higher than Etsy, but despite the popularity of Etsy, it still doesn't have the reach that Amazon does, even though it's branded as kind of the home good or handmade goods marketplace. Definitely curious to see, um, especially if you are already selling this kind of stuff locally or on Etsy, it might make sense to apply to the Amazon handmade program, see if you end up getting any incremental sales there. Number seven on the list is Kindle Books. Amazon's Kindle platform, as you know, has empowered thousands of authors, myself included, to take the plunge and self-publish their work to the world. That's the good news. It's never been easier to put your work and your ideas up for sale on essentially the world's largest store. That's super cool. The bad news is, because it's so easy to do, it's also really crowded. And without a concerted marketing effort, your book probably isn't going to sell a ton of copies. But still, self-publishing is one of my favorite, one of my longest-running side hustles. I published my first book in 2012, Virtual Assistant Assistant, and I've been adding to my author portfolio ever since. Six, seven, eight, I don't know how many titles at this point. I've got uh, Work Smarter, I've got Buy Buttons, I've got uh, The Side Hustle, which is a perma-free, sidehustlenation.com slash book. If you're in the U.S., I believe it should be free on Kindle. Got $1,000, 100 ways, kind of the crowdsourced book project from the Side Hustle Nation community. It is, uh, I don't know, I just, I like the idea of publishing and having a book to your name. I think that's really cool. And consider Amazon from just a marketing standpoint as another potential entry point into my world, into my ecosystem. If people are searching side hustle related keywords over there, I want to make sure they find me. So if you are part of the 80% of the population who say they want to write a book, no, from me, it's never been easier to get that done. But um, kind of my writing process is kind of this brain dump, outline, mind map phase. And then I'm working kind of in chunks or sections to complete that rough draft. And then we go through editing and formatting uh, after that. And then you can upload kdp.amazon.com, upload your work to the world and put it out there. And that's been, I think, closing in on $80,000 lifetime royalties again. That's over 10 years. So it's, it's not, again, not nothing. And I'm really happy for that and really happy for the reach that those books have had and the impact that they've had. And it's been a nice little side hustle income stream. Number eight is also book related. And then that's KDP print books or paperback books. Because if you're already creating a Kindle book, it probably makes sense to add a paperback version as well. Thankfully, Amazon has you covered here with an in-house print on demand service called KDP print Royalty-wise, instead of a flat author royalty, they calculate your printing costs. I think they pay a 60% royalty before deducting the printing costs. In any case, it's a cool move to be able to hand somebody a physical copy of your book. Now, my latest experiment here is actually placing a couple titles of mine at airport bookstores. You know, whenever I'm going on a personal trip or a work trip, just, hey, let me drop a couple off at the Hudson Bookstore, you know, whatever it is in the airport. I write a little note on the inside cover that says, hey, 
you know, this book is free. It's, it's, if you, if you try and bring it to the checkout counter, it's not going to scan. It's not in their system. My ask is that when you're done with it, pay it forward, you know, give it to somebody else who could use it, drop it off at the airport, wherever you're landing. So I'm planting a few of these seeds. I'm excited to see where these books uh, eventually end up. Cause I put in there, you message me, nick at sidehustlenation.com if you find one of these. Very curious to see what happens there. But print books can definitely be uh, a lot of fun to create. I've got more titles on my to-do list, maybe messing around with some of the AI stuff like we talked about last week. And I think they can play very nicely with the Kindle version as well. Like Matt Ralph explained in episode 450 about his adventures in children's publishing. I do sell more paperbacks than ebooks, although actually I'm I'm surprised how the ebook actually has done pretty well. And actually part of being on KDP or being at Amazon's um, Kindle Direct Publishing is that one of the options for the Kindle version, so not for the ebook, for the Kindle version only, you can put your book in what's called Kindle Unlimited, which is basically almost like Netflix, but for books. It's a subscription-based service that people pay a certain amount of money for and they get access to all of those books included in their subscription. And as an author, on sort of on the back end of it, you receive money for the page reads that you get. And you also get other benefits like you get to do promotions, like free promotions. So every quarter, as in every three months, you get five days of running your book for free. So anyone can download it. And that's a really good way to boost your ratings and get reviews. So that's why I went down that route of using the Kindle almost like a kind of, almost like a a way to get people in, like a kind of um, reader magnet was the word I was looking for, sort of, to try and encourage people to get the paperback version as well. Okay. And actually being part of Kindle Unlimited, you also, if your book is in the top, I think it's top 50 books, as in you get the most amount of page reads in that month, you win an, an award or a bonus called the All Stars Bonus. And I've won it on several occasions and they, they're monetary bonuses basically for being in the top 50 or the top 10 or whatever. Oh, wow. Is it like per category or overall? There are two. So there's one for all books, bar illustrated books. But obviously mine was in the illustrated books. So there are only two okay. like buckets, if you like. Most books obviously go in the non-illustrated because it's mostly for obviously, you know, um, fictional books or nonfiction, you know, writing books that are mostly text rather than images. But mine was specifically in the illustrated bucket, if you like. Well, that's cool. That's a little bonus on top of your author royalties. Yes, exactly. And they're quite chunky sometimes. You think if you get to the the number one slot, it's something like $25,000. Wow. <laughs> so obviously that's that's huge. I got into the top 10 before, which is, it's worth thousands of dollars for bonus. So yeah, that's a really nice top up on top of your royalties. Again, that's Matt Ralph from episode 450, if you want to go check that one out. Now, rounding out our ways to make money on Amazon from your own books is number nine on this list, and that's creating an audiobook edition of your work. Not every title is going to be well-suited to this format, but it can be a nice incremental source of royalties because some readers just prefer to consume content by listening to it. So skipping the audio version, you're missing out. It also makes your Amazon listing page for your book look more legit when you got all three formats available. To make it easy for authors to create audiobooks, Amazon has the ACX, the Audiobook Creation Exchange. That's where you can find narrators to produce your book for you, or you can upload your audio files if you're doing it yourself, especially as a podcaster. I felt compelled to narrate two or three, I don't know, I think I've done three at this point of my own. Uh, Now, for professional narration help you can either play you can either pay a flat fee or you can get your book produced for free in exchange for a share of future royalties which i think is a cool option to get your audiobook out there and then share the profits when it sells the acx audible royalty scheme is a little complex but in general self-published authors earn 20 to 40 percent royalties when their books sell And that narration component is actually the way, the 10th way to make money on Amazon. That's as an ACX voiceover actor. This is a way to make money from audiobooks on Amazon without having to write the book yourself. If you have a background in voiceover, if you have a background in audio engineering, equipment, and software, 
could be a fun side hustle. It's like getting paid to talk, right? But lots of hours of production that can go into that. So be, be sure to price yourself accordingly. The 11th way to make money on Amazon is by using it as a platform to resell used books. Very common side hustle to get started with. You can use an app like Book Scouter to just look at what's on your shelf today. You scan the ISBN barcode on the back. It'll tell you what those uh, books are selling for on Amazon. Just be aware that most mass market books are barely going to be worth the paper they're printed on, especially in used condition, because every other house has that same stack of Harry Potters. They're not exactly hard to come by in the supply and demand curve. But certain books do command a premium, even as used copies. And those are usually textbooks, out-of-print guides, other rare editions. And like retail arbitrage, it can be a little bit of a needle in the haystack search, a little bit of a treasure hunt component to it. So you check local garage sales, thrift stores, library bookstores, and you see if anything turns up. And the cool thing here is your upfront costs are super low because books are often priced like a dollar or less at garage sales. In episode 380, we did a whole episode on book flipping. Charlie William shared his unique strategy for sourcing some textbooks. Yard sales are pretty good and they're fun in the summertime to just or in the spring when the weather's nice to just bounce around to a couple of yard sales. What else? I, I look on Facebook Marketplace a lot and I'll find college kids that are getting rid of cheap textbooks. And I actually have like a little method. I, I show you how to do it on my Instagram, but I, I pull up the Marketplace ads on my iPad and then I scan the screen to get the ISBN number with the Amazon seller app off my phone of the covers of the books off the screen to get the ISBN number to copy and paste into Scout IQ instead of like manually typing in all the titles and everything. It's just way faster to scan it off the iPad with my phone. I live in a college town, so there's a lot of uh there's a lot of college kids, especially it's good at the end of each semester and at the beginning of each semester is when people are trying to sell books to get on the marketplace and let go and offer up and all those and I'll track down college kids. And I mean I have a lot of times I'll just say, hey, I'm busy, but can I Venmo you and give you my address and I'll come home and have textbooks sitting on my doorstep. So that's, that's nice. Oh, okay. Okay. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. In that episode, which was episode 380, Charlie reported earning up to four grand a month. He also recommended the much faster Scout IQ app, which uh, is a paid app after a free trial. But the reason it's faster is it downloads the catalog and pricing to your device without having to ping some server, uh, you know, to look up a price in real time. So it just makes it a little bit faster and you can set your kind of buying criteria, kind of like what Ryan talked about. Well, if the sales rank is this and the return on investment is this, like then I'm, you know, that's something that I want to go for. A way to make money on Amazon at number 12 is selling private label products. Now, to be fair, the private label Amazon FBA gold rush of 2014 to 2018 has certainly subsided, but Private labeling is still a viable option. Just makes me a little bit nervous because it's so capital intensive. Like you can have a lot of money tied up in inventory, but still as it, if it hits, it hits. And I remember asking uh, Mitch Davis, who was doing private labeling on Amazon Japan about his initial product order. I forget the product that he was buying, but it was something like $3,000 for the minimum order quantity for it. And I was like, you know, weren't you nervous making that investment? And he's like, you know, of course I was nervous, but at a certain point, you got to do something or tomorrow is going to look like today. And that is a quote that has really stuck with me. And I think for anybody 
you know, looking to make a change in your life. You got to do something or tomorrow is going to look like today. So in a nutshell, how this private label process usually works is you're going to try to identify simple to manufacturer products that are already selling. Go where there's already some demand versus trying to create demand for a new category. Um, second, you're going to look at the reviews for those products and try and find out, you know, what people don't like about them. Look at those, you know, one, two, three star reviews. What are people complaining about? How can I improve upon this? Then you go find a manufacturer, hopefully somebody who's already making that product that you found that had negative reviews. You know, can they produce something similar? Can they produce something better, you know, with your design changes or your product changes? Usually that's on Alibaba, but sometimes you can find local manufacturers too. You create your own brand name, your own packaging, and then it's that leap of faith to make that bulk order that Mitch talked about. You know, you send in uh, once it lands, which could be a potentially a several month process. Actually, you, you typically would order samples first, like, you know, go back and forth, make sure that the product is to your liking before sending your you know first bulk order. And you send that in to Amazon if you're going to do fulfillment by Amazon. And then, you know, it's competing with those existing products and it's trying to build up a critical mass of sales to start ranking in search and running paid ads and, you know, collecting reviews and all of the other elements that come with running an e-commerce business. But the the interesting thing is that more than half of Amazon's inventory actually belongs to third-party sellers like you and I. It's a very, I think, a very savvy way of them to expand their product offerings at very little risk to them. Yeah, they got to store it, but you know, they kind of crowdsource their inventory in that way with very little upfront cost. So I think that's very innovative of Amazon and it gives us as side hustlers a platform to go and try and do business. Now, that said, when you have a product that hits, it can be tough to keep in stock. And I saw this with my retail arbitrage side hustles. Like I was, I almost didn't believe the app. Like I just, I just sent this stuff in and it's, you said you sold $128 yesterday. It was like, Really? So it just goes to show the volume of traffic, the volume of commerce that is happening on this platform is beyond comprehension until you kind of dabble into it. Now, I've seen some people grow some pretty serious e-commerce operations in a really short time with this business model. So yes, yes, capital intensive, but it can be like a rocket ship. In fact, sometimes your product idea, maybe it doesn't come from that process I just described. Maybe it comes from just having a really in-depth knowledge of your niche. For example, my friends Chris and Julia were pursuing a content business in the craft cocktail space. They were doing you know, blogging, podcasting, affiliate marketing, online courses, but it was a frustration with the existing physical product options on the affiliate marketing side that drew them into e-commerce. And that ended up being a huge inflection point for their business. But we, so we really wanted to send people to Amazon, but there was just nothing on Amazon we could recommend. And we just were not willing to drop to the level of the low quality products that we were seeing. And so I started, you know, I'm listening to all the podcasts and hearing all the things and everybody keeps talking about FBA. I was like, Oh, well, this is, you know, is this really a thing? Is this the next get rich quick scheme? And and finally, I, I, gosh, Nick, I was talking to you at a conference in San Francisco. Do you remember this? And we were talking about cocktail muddlers. And I was saying, yeah, you know, all the muddlers on the market stink. They're not long enough. Da, da, da. And you said, well, have you thought about doing like FBA about selling them on Amazon? And I said, I don't know. And it turns <laughs> out you were right. Um, <laughs> Was this, uh, this was the, the Funny Biz event? Yes, that's what it was. Gosh, that was a million years ago. Yeah, um, I showed up like not knowing anyone in the room and, and was very grateful to see a familiar face there. Right back at you. <laughs> <laughs> same, same thing. Oh gosh, that, I haven't thought about that in ages. But so the rest is kind of history really, right? I mean, in the beginning of 2016, we did a summit. You remember that was like the year of summits. All the cool kids were doing summits. And so I worked my tail off trying to get sponsors for the summit. And this that was going to be the thing that worked. And it just didn't. It wasn't really worth how much time we we put into it. Yeah. But right around that time is when I started just saying, you know what, I'm just going to try this. I'm just going to reach out to some folks on Alibaba. I'm going to follow the rule, you know, follow all the blog posts on how to do this. You know, our product development methodology was me shouting at Chris across the room, hey, like 
what, what would your perfect shaker look like? And he would tell me. And so I relayed that information to a factory in China and they sent a prototype and he liked it. Chris liked it. And okay. so we cleaned out our savings and bought a thousand of them and shipped wow. them here. And meanwhile, by the way, I found out I was pregnant. That was fun. <laughs> and yes. gosh, it was must have been like two weeks before our shipment arrived. Chris found out his job was going away. And so we had a very exciting sort of summer slash Q3 of 2016. It was all yeah. falling apart. And then it wasn't because we shipped those shakers into Amazon. We shipped a thousand into Amazon and they sold out in three weeks. Wow. Which was wonderful and terrifying and really, really bad because of course it was like a three month lead time. So we immediately placed another order. And honestly, the rest is history. We'd just been kind of chasing inventory for years after that. Again, that was Julia Tunstall from episode 495. I think we titled that one something like the multi-million dollar pivot. Definitely worth checking out in the archives if you're into e-commerce at all. And if you like the private label model, you should also check out my episodes with Greg Mercer from Jungle Scout. He's been on several times, and in episode 263, he breaks down his top three private label product research strategies, talking about you know how to having how to evaluate the existing demand for a particular product or particular category, and then trying to add your layer of value-added innovation and improvement on top of that. So that was number 12, private label products on Amazon. Number 13 is an e-commerce strategy as well, and that's wholesale. This is something that was introduced to me by Dan Metters. Started on Amazon with the retail arbitrage strategy. Started with an, an, an initial inventory investment of 600 bucks. So he gave himself a little bit more, uh, you know, spending money to go out and experiment with uh, than I did. But when we connected, they had sold over $13 million worth of merchandise on Amazon, starting with that little investment. And I imagine it's much, much higher now because this episode is several years old as well. So Dan defined wholesaling as purchasing directly from a wholesale company or the manufacturer of a given product for the purposes of resale. So pretty, pretty broadly defined. Now, how that works uh, in contrast to private labeling. So instead of approaching a factory, ordering samples, arranging your own packaging and your own branding like you would do with private labeling, wholesaling involves approaching a manufacturer who maybe has a less than optimized Amazon presence, and then offering to help them sell their products. Like, How can you be of service to them and, and come up with a win-win? And so based on what Dan told me, it sounds like wholesaling might carry less risk than private labeling. Your upfront investment is likely to be lower. You probably end up spending less on marketing and product giveaways to seed reviews for that. So definitely recommend checking out Dan's episode. That was episode 221. You gotta scroll uh, a ways back in the archives for that one. And his website is thewholesaleformula.com if you want to check it out. All right, so that was number 13, wholesale. Number 14 is Amazon Alexa skills. There's a couple ways side hustlers can make money with Amazon's popular Echo devices. The first is kind of like Apple's App Store. You build special Alexa voice app, which Amazon calls skills, and as a skill developer, you can set your own price and earn, just like the App Store, 70% of the revenue when users buy it. One interesting example I came across was Nick Schwab, who created an ambient noise skill and was reported to have 10,000 paying customers for a premium subscription version. I think it was you know 99 cents to a buck 99 uh, a month for that. So it adds up to quite a bit of change, especially if it's a recurring subscription there. Now, that's the first way. The second way is that Amazon has a rewards program. They're trying to incentivize people to help them build out their library of skills. Everybody remembers, you know, when the iPhone came out, hey, there's an app for that. Uh, Amazon is trying to match that. Hey, there's a skill for that. <laughs> you know, trying to build out the equivalent there. And so the rewards program is based on the popularity and the engagement of your skill. But some skill developers report earning thousands of dollars a month doing that. And so that is Amazon income stream number 14, Amazon Alexa skills. Number 15 is Mechanical Turk. This is kind of a controversial or an interesting crowdsourced labor platform. It specializes in really low skill tasks, but ones that had, at least at press time, still require a human eye. We'll see how far the AI takes this. 
Um, in fact, each task is called a HIT, a human intelligence task. And because of that low skill required, these tasks often pay next to nothing, like usually starting at, you know, pennies. And a lot of the workers on Mechanical Turk are overseas where the costs of living are lower, but the platform is open to U.S. workers as well. It wouldn't be my first choice of side hustles, but it is an option. And I was really kind of surprised and intrigued when a Side Hustle Nation reader, Mike Nab, reached out and he wrote this guest post on, hey, this is my experience on Mechanical Turk having earned over $50,000 on the platform in his spare time. And to be fair, that's over the course of several years of doing it. But he reported averaging around 25 cents a task. And he said, yeah, you kind of have to take these low ones as you're building up your account. But as your account history levels up, some better paying human intelligence tasks become available. So that's number 15, Amazon Mechanical Turk. Number 16 is as an Amazon Flex delivery driver. And the first time I discovered this was when we were at our old place and there was this dude like pulling packages out of the backseat of a Jetta or something. And I was like, do you work at the post office? Like, are you an Amazon employee? You know, are you with UPS? How does this work? He's like, no, I'm, I'm with Amazon Flex. This is a new, this is a new thing. It's flex.amazon.com. People report earning $18 to $25 an hour helping Amazon with this last mile logistics piece. How do we deliver packages even faster to surprise and delight our customers? So that may be an option for you if, if you don't mind getting out and uh, driving and making deliveries. The 17th way to make money on Amazon is actually as an Amazon work from home employee. Now, like most modern companies, especially tech companies, Amazon has started to embrace the remote work movement, the work from home movement. And so you can check the virtual Amazon job openings. When I did, I saw full-time options, part-time options, seasonal work options. You can filter by job category. There's IT and engineering, there's customer support, there's sales and advertising, there's uh, operations and fulfillment. There's lots, there's hourly positions, there's salaried positions, making money on Amazon by being a part of their team. Number 18 is an interesting one. If you already run an existing local business, and that's Amazon services. So professionals like house cleaners, uh, handy persons, electricians, landscapers, plumbers, and uh, lots of different categories can apply to sell those services through what's called Amazon services. And at the time of this recording, applications were temporarily closed, but I suspect they'll reopen again at some point. So this is an important one to have on your radar if you are you know, in that service landscape, because after you join, you'll be able to see a new job when it pops up in your area and you get to choose the ones that fit your schedule. According to Amazon, it's a great way to keep your business busy or to fill in the open gaps throughout your week. No startup costs, no membership fees, but Amazon does take a percentage of each job booked based on service type and the final service price. So again, another way to tap into a an audience of buyers that already knows, likes, and trusts Amazon and is looking for, you're looking for kind of a, them to use them as your marketing channel to connect with new customers. So that's 18, Amazon services. Number 19 is a little bit of a different one. This is the Amazon trade-in program, which I discovered several years ago. And this is kind of an interesting one. You know, Amazon will actually pay you for used books, DVDs, Kindle devices, tablets, cell phones, and other products. Again, it's a way for them to, you know, get inventory on the cheap in a way. Um, so there's this official trade-in trade program. They don't pay you in cash. They pay you an Amazon gift credit for, for your stuff. So, uh, you know, it's as good as cash in our house. You know, we'll eventually use it on Amazon anyway. So uh, no hard feelings uh, about that. You tell them about your items. They give you your trade-in offer. And what's cool is you, well, you can accept or decline it. Um, and you might, some some things you might be offended by how little they give you. I, I traded in my uh, you know, season one of The Office for like 25 cents or something. Or, or maybe I was like, well, like 25 cents, maybe I should just keep it. But they give you a prepaid UPS label uh, or shipping label. And so all you got to do is package this stuff up, send it off. In that sense, it's a lot easier than trying to deal with Facebook Marketplace and deal with eBay. You don't have to take pictures. You don't have to wait around for uh, an auction to end. You don't have to deal with messaging buyers back and forth. So what it makes up for in low cost and not giving you actual cash, it um, makes up for that in just ease of use. I found it very easy to use. So if you got 
old DVDs, video games, books, electronics lying around, stuff that's collecting dust, you maybe check out what it might be worth on the official Amazon trade-in program. And I want to round out this list with number 20, and this is um, free Amazon gift cards. Technically not a way to make money on Amazon, but a way to offset the cost of what you buy on Amazon, or you can go out and resell them, I suppose. But um, I've got a whole article on this. If you Google you know, free Amazon gift cards, Side Hustle Nation, uh, it'll pop right up. I'll just go through uh, a couple of these. The first is user interviews. This is my favorite platform for paid market research studies, usually in the $50 to $100 an hour range, more if you're you know, a really hard to reach you know, professional in a specific industry. And oftentimes those get paid out in Amazon gift cards. So sidehustlenation.com slash user interviews is my referral link for them. I've got a full uh, review on Side Hustle Nation too. If you want to learn more, uh, just Google that user interviews, review Side Hustle or something and you'll, it'll pop right up. The second one is Fetch Rewards, which I've had on my phone forever. You just take pictures of your grocery receipts. The app gives you points for your everyday purchases. And I don't know why they care what we bought at the store. I don't really care what we bought either. It's like, okay, you, you just eat regular groceries. And then after a while, you earn enough for a free Amazon gift card over there. And then the newest one that I have for Amazon gift cards is called Cash Walk. This is, I think it's US only, but it's basically a pedometer app that gives you app coins for tracking your steps. And then every three or four weeks, for whatever reason, you know, you've earned enough and you cash out for a $5 Amazon gift card. I've earned three of them so far. And it's like, hey, if you know, free money, every little bit counts, I'll take it. So lots of ways to offset your Amazon habit with free gift cards. Now, a fun fact for you, I actually interviewed for a job at Amazon. This would have been 2004, 2005-ish in gift card marketing was the department or was the job position I was interviewing for. Did not get the gig. Was maybe a little bummed about that at the time, but happy with how things turned out. Although those stock options, you know, from 2005 would have been nice. But whoever did get the job, this is the funny part, they went nuts with it. Amazon gift cards are everywhere now. So good work to them. Uh, Again, so that was number 20, free Amazon gift cards. I hope you enjoyed this list. Again, I want to invite you to grab your personalized Side Hustle Show playlist at hustle.show. How it works is you answer a few multiple choice questions, and I give you a custom curated playlist based on what you told me that hopefully will be more relevant to you, most impactful to you. You can add it to your device, you can learn what works, and you go make some more money. Again, that's at hustle.show. I need to send a big thank you to all our guests over the years for sharing their insights on how to make money on Amazon. Thank you for supporting the advertisers that support the show. It really does make a difference. That is it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're finding value in the show, make sure to text it to a friend. Hey, have you ever heard of this? Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on.